Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks so much for calling into this, man. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I know you've been, uh, you know, I think you were one of the first former Mavs that followed the uh, the Instagram account I initially created, and I always appreciate any time you, you like any of the photos. So I always get a kick out of that whenever I see uh, any former Mavs on there. So thanks for thanks for supporting what I'm doing. You're welcome. You're welcome. Since I've been since it evolved into a podcast, I've just you know been trying to catch up with really anyone that ever played for the team, um, and uh, I've talked to a number of your former teammates actually, like you know Josh Howard and Marquise and Raul Marshall and uh, Josh Powell from uh, when when you were here as a player. So what I wanted to do is just talk to you about your career as a player, um, you know, going from high school to uh, college in the NBA. So one of the one of the first things I wanted to ask you is what initially got you started playing basketball because I believe you were a high school football player first, correct? Yes. Um, I just, um, you know, we was in the state uh, final championship in football and uh, it was my senior year and I didn't want to, we got beat and I didn't want to go home and just sit around. So I ended up trying for the basketball team my last year of high school and um, coach gave me an opportunity to try out, even though they had already started about three or four weeks before we haven't, haven't had finished. Mm-hmm. So uh, he gave me the opportunity to try out and, and uh, he told me, um, grabbed me out of my classroom and told me, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, you can be on the team, but you're not going to get a lot of minutes or a lot of playing time. And, you know, uh, for me, I, I took that as a challenge and I told him, um, you know, coach, I love to be on a team. His, his name is coach Joe Shepard. He used to, he used to play for the JV team at UNC Tar Heels. And, um, he was also, uh, at that time, uh, assistant coach for the, the Tar Heels with, uh, the JV team, um, Roy, Roy, Roy Williams was the JV coach for Carolina at that time, mm-hmm. which is crazy, which is crazy. And I didn't find that out until, um, <laughs> until I got put into um, Gastonia, my hometown Gastonia Hall of Fame. And Roy Williams came and talked and, and he spoke at the, the banquet. And uh, so I found out some things I didn't even know that, um, you know, about my high school coach, which was great. But um, he gave me the opportunity, and I took that challenge, and I, and I took him on, you know, what he said, and I was, you know, intent to prove him wrong. And, um, you know, he gave me the opportunity to, to be on the team, and he told me I was going to be the 13 man on the 13-man team. And uh, I ended up being probably one of the two or three best players on the team at that time, and uh, I ended up getting playing time, which I wasn't expecting yeah, uh, uh, doing a year and and uh, like I said, being a pretty good basketball player in high school. Yeah, no, that that's really cool. Um, and I, I believe your high school ended up re- retiring your jersey, right? Yes, yes, they retired, which was pretty special to me. Uh, um, one night, um, not only my jersey, but the this, one uh, this, one of the leading scores and probably in the history of. Um, my high school, Ashbrook High School, uh, this kid named Rodney, Roger, I'm sorry, Roger, he um, he wore number 50 as well. 
Ah, and okay. uh, so they retired both our jerseys that night. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, so once your high school career wrapped up, what what was the process that that led you to Fayetteville State for college basketball? Well, I mean, I was I was still trying to play football. I mean, I, oh, I was wow. trying to go somewhere and, and kick and uh, punt, whatever. Uh, but that was really my specialty. I could I could play the wide receiver, but I didn't play it a lot when I got to the varsity team. I, I started as a wide receiver in the JV in my 10th grade year at that time. And uh, so I was still trying to trying to do something with, with football. I mean, I remember going to um, Lee's McCray. Uh, I'm sorry, not Lee's McCray. Uh, Lenore Ryan worked out and cut and kicked off for them. And, and so I'll also end up going to a couple of junior colleges to do something with basketball as well, some tryouts and workouts uh, up in the mountains area of North Carolina, which was one was Lee, uh, Lee's McCray Junior College. I think I think it's now it's a four-year school. Now it's not a junior college anymore. And then um, went to Black Mountain, Montreal, Anderson, uh, which was a junior college. So, But they still didn't work out. And then I just ended up – what was crazy, I just ended up um, – you know, not getting invited to any of those schools. So I ended up just filling out an application. Somebody, I don't know who it was. Somebody told me, you need to try to go on over Fayetteville State, go to school. <laughs> and I ended up filling out an application and sent it in. And it came back there. They approved me. And, and it went from there. Okay. And then you also played football at Fayetteville State, right? You were able to play there? I've, I've, uh, football, track. Basketball, cross oh, country. <laughs> uh, so I, I did all those those sports right there. And uh, but um, my first time I walked on in football and played there, uh, made the team and uh, played played a couple games there as a a, a freshman. And then um, I set out my second year because of my grades. Uh, didn't really take take college serious. I was just out there having a good time. And then <laughs> luckily, luckily for me, my, my big brother, uh, Scott Melvin Armstrong, he told, he taught my mom into letting me go back my second semester, which she, she was paying out of her pocket. And, and the grades I had, I, I, I flunked everything. I almost flunked swimming and I won't, I'm basically a certified lifeguard. And I, <laughs> that's how crazy it was. Um, but I basically almost flunked swimming and I think I got a C in swimming and, and the rest was, uh, L's and D's and, oh, and she was hot. She was so hot. And <laughs> I just never, I, I never forget my brother uh, telling her and, you know, mom, go ahead, let him go back. Just give him another chance. And my brother, my big brother really saved my, my, my life, my career, um, mm-hmm. Playing, in, playing any kind of professional, any kind of basketball, high school, I mean, from college to Europe to pro, he saved me because she was she was off of me. You know, she was really off of me, and you know, she's like, I'm not spending my money for you to go up here and party and have a good time. And so I, I he, he ended up getting a, to let me go back the second semester. I got back the second semester in my first year. Um, went to summer school for the for the, the whole summer of that that year. Because um, like I said, I still had to sit out uh, my second year. Got my grades, kept getting my grades together, and then I uh, went to summer school the, the second year after that. 
after I had to sit out for sport, got all my stuff together and I was eligible to come back and um, play my third, fourth, and fifth year. What was crazy was I just tried out for the team. Um, I, I tried out for the team my, my second year and ended up making the team uh, at Fairville oh, wow. State. Uh, ended up basically the coach was, was trying to ask me, what about my – my uh, grades and stuff, would I be eligible for the second semester? Because, you know, I told him I wasn't going to be eligible for the first. And then, but I wasn't, I knew I, I knew I wasn't going to be eligible for the second semester, neither, but that was the crazy part. I was just trying to go out there and see if I could play on that level, and I did, and I could. And so I played intramurals the second year. The next third year, the intramural coach uh, took over for the head coach as an intern. Uh, uh, um, in a mirror, I mean, uh, uh, what you call it, um, uh, as an interim in, in coach, he took over okay. for, for one year. So he knew I could play, and he saw me in, in, in intermirrors. So he ended up putting me on a team. And uh, I started for the team that year and had a great year that year. And then my my fourth and fifth year, Jeff Capo, uh, who who's, uh, came in from Wake Forest, he got the job. and. Uh, he ended up giving me a scholarship, uh, and I mean, he just put he put he put another level uh, on to me that I I didn't even know I could get to. Be honest with you, and from working out, from giving me stuff to do, and um, you know, uh, he he gave me things and he said, "I want you to take care of it." I had a best one of my best friends with the Federal State, and yeah, so we would work out all the time shooting drills because I, I wasn't a great shooter. I wasn't even a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a streak. I was a streak shooter. So when I started doing that drill by my, by my junior year, uh, which was my fourth year, cause I had to sit out by my junior year, I, I kind of learned how to shoot a little bit. And then I, my senior year, I just, I just found it. I just found, found my touch, my shot. And, um, you know, I, I, I owe it all the coach cause I mean, when you go to the NBA, everybody can everybody can jump. Everybody's athletic. You gotta have something else. You gotta have something else in your game that you can do, from shooting to passing to dribbling to you know making plays like that and different things. And so, uh, by me learning how to shoot, it, it just took took my game to another level. De- definitely, yeah, that's really neat. Um, so once your college career wrapped up I know you went undrafted in 91 but and I knew you had played overseas prior to when you eventually came to Orlando but I was doing some more research on you and I saw you were playing in the USBL in Atlanta or later for the capital region Pontiacs but I found something interesting on you I didn't I wasn't aware of this it says you know in 92 after your the capital region Pontiacs the CBA folded you went back home and you were volunteering as a high school basketball coach, but then at nights you were working in a yarn factory. I, I found that really interesting. I never, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, and, and, well my first yeah, well, I did that. That was later on, but my first official um, league that I ever played in, um, I had, I had did a trial at Hope Mills high school in Fayetteville, Oh, wow. uh, right outside of Fayetteville, and Coach Cable uh, told me, i never forget, he always told me, he said, if, if this is a trap, you know, he, it was for the, um, it was for the, uh, what league? Ah, 
It was a new leader that developed. And I played, and I got drafted to the Raleigh Bullfrogs oh, of that league. Yeah, um, that's not listed on here. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, well, matter of fact, it was the Global Basketball Association. That's the name of the league, Global Basketball Association. And you wouldn't believe who was my coach uh, at that time uh, was Monty Tao. You remember, you know who Monty Tao is? I don't know who that is. No. The name rings a bell, but I, I can't place it anywhere. I feel like I've heard it, though. Monty Tao was, um, won a national championship with North Carolina State as a okay. player. Um, Monty Tao, is, uh, he used to coach in New Orleans. It was funny when I played for New Orleans. He was the head coach at the University of New Orleans. And we used to go play pickup up there. But Monty Tao was the coach. Uh, Chris Corciani was the superstar basically on that team. Um, Chuck Nevitt was on that team. Um, and that's when I, that's the first time I ever seen anything like a semi-pro where a guy get picked up. You know, mm-hmm. we have our first practice. We have in our first practice, our first two practices, Renzo Charles was on that team. You know, rest in peace. Him, Coach Capel, rest in peace. Um, but um, – Renzo Charles was on that team. See, they had a lot of we, – we was, we was in the – the name of our team was the Raleigh Bullfrogs, mm-hmm. which we played up in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, so, you know, and, and this was the craziest – this was some of the craziest stuff that was happening. So my first year, uh, my first practice ever going into a semi-pro, any kind of pro team, I'm driving up from Fayetteville, North Carolina, to Raleigh, North Carolina, which is only about an hour and 30 out 15 mm-hmm. and I'm listening to the radio music. And the first, the first thing that my first day going up for my, uh, for my, the day before my practice was Magic Johnson announces he's retiring because uh. he has age. I was like, wow. So, I, you know, just thinking back to it. And then my first, my first practice after my first practice, Chuck Neck, Chuck Nevick is not there. You know, seven, seven, six guy. I don't know if you know who they were. Well, he gets picked up by the Lakers, and I'm like, "What the world?" You know, I'm <laughs> like, "Okay, this is how this is how semi-pro works." Okay, all right. <laughs> so, but I, I end up playing for them for about a month, month and a half. Me and Chris Corciani, we get into it in practice, and then they release me. And um, yeah, they released me because Chris Corciani was the headline. He was up there in Raleigh, um, and everybody, you know, from. NC State would, would come to the game, so he was the headliner. So I ended up going to um, back to school. I couldn't couldn't concentrate. Mm-hmm. I couldn't concentrate, and that's when I got about a month or two later. I hooked up with the USBL. Uh, one of my boys uh, from New York gave me one hundred thirty five dollars. He said, "Man, he said go, he said go ahead." I said, "I want to go try out." Gave me one hundred thirty five dollars. Drove up to Atlanta, and. Um, I don't. I don't. I just don't remember where I stayed, how I stayed, what I did. <laughs> uh, drove up to Atlanta, and the tryout was at Life College, and um, so I ended up trying out. And we got to try out against all these guys, and and I never forget my mindset when I always tried out was I got to outwork guys defensively, and then I show them I got offense. So I was picking up guys as soon as they get out of the car. As soon as they get they 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 get out of the car, I was picking them up in a parking lot. I was ready. That's how, that's how focused I was. I was ready to play defense. Yeah. And so I, I ended up, um, doing so well for the first week. I went back to Fairfield state, drove right back up a week, a week later, tried out again had to try out some more. And then I ended up making a team and, uh, I never forget the coach. 
and like oh, he passed too um, last last year. Al Outlaw, he was my coach for the USBL my, all my all my career in the USBL, and he said, um, "He's um, you got you got some clothes." I was like, "Yeah, I got a couple clothes packed with." He said, "Well, make sure you pack your clothes because you you going on the road trip with us. You're on the team." And he told me he was trying to cut me. He just couldn't cut me because of what I did defensively. Anybody he put up against me who was good offensively, uh, I just outworked them defensively. And like I say, then he found out I could play offense. And um, I ain't going to never forget that day he told me that, uh, you know, get your clothes together because you're going on a road trip. And if people don't, people don't know that that, that was the biggest, probably the biggest league for me, the biggest league for me to get into basketball summer camp with the NBA. Because we also had Monty Tile, I mean not Monty Tile, but Monty, Marty Blake, Monty Blake, mm-hmm. who was one of the biggest scouts in the NBA. Yeah. And they always said if, if he said you could play, you could play in the NBA. And so he used to always come up. He was in Atlanta, so he's always watching from from my game from Atlanta at Life College and uh, Tri City High School, which was in Atlanta, uh, which where that's where I think TLC went to school. We played there one year, and and um. So USBL, my first year, got me into the NBA summer camp. Man, that's that's where I wanted to be, and it was with the Atlanta Hawks. The last the last game of the year, uh, I got invited. Uh, we got beaten the championship game in, in North North Florida. Um, and watch this. This is the connection that you know. It's just it's so crazy. It's, that's where when I played with Orlando, where we used to do our training camp in Jacksonville was North Florida. Now I already played there as a championship game in the USBL, which is crazy. I'm just and all this just connecting together, but um so I ended up getting invited to summer camp with the Atlanta Hawks. They had Rodney Monroe, they had um uh I forget who um, oh uh Stacy Altman. So they had a nice little squad, but it you know, my first year I made the team because you got to make the summer league team. You just you you're not on the team because you get invited. You got to make the summer league team. Mm-hmm. So at that time, we went down to um, right outside of Miami, West Palm Beach, uh, West Palm Beach Community College, where Miami would host the the, the, the summer league. And it was only four, it was only four teams: Miami, Atlanta, Orlando, and Charlotte was in that summer league. And so I never forget my first summer league game. Randy Whitman put me in the game, and uh, Latero Green, who was drafted to Orlando that year, played at the University of Georgia, controlled the, the controlled me, and it was just outworking me. Mm-hmm. And I, and these words always stuck with me. He said, "He said, Daryl, when you play in this league, you got to be a man." And those words always stuck with me. So from there, that's when I I started taking off. And then um, I went back to another league, and then the, the league Global Basketball Association, the league folded. So I ended up going back, and this is where I started working at the yarn factory. Yeah. Where I was cooking yarn. Uh, I couldn't get another job. This this is the crazy part. I couldn't get another job. Wow. So I ended up cooking, getting a real, you know, getting a nine to five, working from 11 to 7 in the morning, cooking yarn, uh, putting them in baskets, and after they finished cooking, putting them back in the box, seal the box up, and set them to the side where once once they were cooked, they were ready to go. And that was for the next two or three years, uh, two or three months. Mm-hmm. And then the USBL, USBL came back around. I quit work. 
went back to the USBL, and from there, um, my life just took off. My, my basketball career just took off, and I went overseas into Cyprus, Greece, um, and played there. Won a championship there. Came back, played in the USBL, got in the summer league again. This next two next two years, I got in the summer league with Orlando, and um, unfortunately, my first time I got in the league with Orlando after my first year with Atlanta in the summer league. I popped my finger mm. in the USBL and I had stitches in my fingers in my shooting hand. So I still was able to make the team, still was able to play. I just couldn't shoot the ball the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, like I said, I got it I got it got a job overseas to to Cypress came back and played the next year in USBL. And this is when I really tore it up. Um we played in West Palm Beach again, um the same four teams in the in the summer league. And um, this was where I really blossomed and, and, and got the feel after two years of summer league. Um, I probably averaged like 16, 17 in that summer league. I had um, a game winner against um, Atlanta, my first my first game. Um, Bob Hill was the head coach uh, in the summer league for Orlando because he was the head assistant with yeah. um, Brian Hill. And and not knowing that that year, Bob Hill ended up getting a job at San Antonio after the summer league. Uh, he got the head coaching job at San Antonio, but uh, I ended up he ended up giving he ended up having a lot of trust in me in that summer league, and so I ended up like I was saying, I got a game winner, came back and had another good game. My second game had like twenty, and then came back and had another good game. <laughs> the last the last game against uh, Miami, and I I was like I said, I averaged like seventeen in that summer league. So um, Orlando was trying to they, they was trying to they wanted me to come into the veteran camp, but I, I didn't I didn't like the money that they was giving me. They didn't guarantee me all my money, so I ended up going overseas, signing with um, a Spanish league, uh, playing in the ACB. Mm-hmm. And at that and at that time, Abita Sabonis was in the league. Michael oh, Curry wow. was in that league. Uh, uh, Oscar Smith, who's in the Hall of Fame, he was in that league. Oscar Smith was 42, the, the great um, Brazilian Olympic scorer. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with him. Yeah, so I ended up beating him for the scoring title that year. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then at the end of the year, I got the call my last game. I got the call to come back and sign with Orlando. Uh, and we was in Philadelphia April, April, April 8th. How about this year we played in Philly, April eighth? How about that? Yeah, that's really neat. Played I, in Philly. Yeah, I uh, I saw your Instagram post um, on the anniversary of that date. Uh, yeah, you got to you were in you were in Philadelphia on the same date. I think that's really that's that's crazy how that worked out. Yes, it was crazy. I didn't realize it, and then um, you know I flew back over here from from Spain, uh, ended up signing John. I got to the airport. John Gabriel, who was the GM. That's who saw me in a summer camp uh, in the USBL. Not, not summer camp, but saw me in the USBL in Daytona Beach. He came down to watch two guys who was um, in the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament, and I had to play against one of those guys, and I scored 45 and uh, 45 points on Saturday night, and Sunday night I scored 30 points. And John Gabriel ended up giving, giving, my, giving his card to um, my, my head coach, who was Al Outlaw. Outlaw and Outlaw showed me the cards like look who was looking at you and um, that's how I ended up getting into summer camp 
NBA summer camp with uh, Orlando Magic. And so, like I said, it was just, it was just, USBL was probably one of the biggest leagues for my career to, for me to get recognized from the NBA and, and it just worked out from there. That's really neat. And so I grew up in Dallas and at my house, we didn't have cable. So I would only be able to see whenever Maverick games were on just regular television here, which wasn't all that often for the most part, they were on cable. But what I did get to see was when NBA on NBC games and, you know, the magic were on there a lot. So I remember seeing you playing with the magic. And at the time, outside of Jason Kidd, who was here in Dallas, my other favorite player was Penny. So I, you know, you were one of the first NBA the Magic were one of the first teams that I was very familiar with really outside of Dallas just because, you know, there really wasn't much internet at the time and I only saw Maverick games every once in a while. Um, but I, I remember watching you play and thinking you were so fast and exciting to watch when you got out on the floor. There were a couple Magic questions I wanted to ask you. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to ask you was in the 96 dunk contest, I heard – I think on the starters on NBA TV that they they were saying had you advanced you were planning to complete a dunk wearing Shaq's shoes is that correct? Yes, yeah, I had done it in practice. Um, <laughs> that was going to be my my go to um, dunk. Um, put his shoes on with my shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it was it was it was crazy. Um, I don't, you don't realize how heavy those shoes are <laughs> and uh, and how long they are. I mean, it's amazing. But that was going to be my, my go-to dunk. And unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Um, that's the year. And that's the year they changed the rules in the dunk contest, which, yeah. which was which the next two years of the dunk contest was really not good because of the rules that they changed. My year, we had to do – three dunks in a minute and 30 seconds. And, you know, when you're doing a dunk contest, you, you think at least, you know, alternate. And um, I didn't I didn't really think of it, but it was pretty tough, especially for a smaller guy like myself, to have to do three dunks with – and, and I'm, I'm an energy guy when I jump. So, yeah, it, it took a lot of – it took a lot out of me. But um, – and then the next year they did the spin the wheel dunk with old guys dunk like Dominique oh, Jordan. Yeah. And and it was and it was terrible. It was worse than ours because you got to do somebody. You got to do a dunk. If you're a one-legged jumper and you get a Dominique dunk who goes off two feet, and you're not a two-feet jumper, you can't do it. So it was it was it was it was the worst dunk contest. I thought ours was, but that one was. <laughs> but um, yeah. So that that was you know that was that was it. But it it still was a good experience. Yeah, definitely. And the other Orlando question I had is it actually occurred in a game against Dallas, and this was a game that was on TV, so I actually got to watch it. And uh, I remember Michael Finley made a three to cut the lead down to three with just a few seconds left. And then, you know, Orlando inbounds the ball, they inbound it to you, and you get fouled. And I'm thinking, oh, great, you know, the Mavs are going to the Mavs are gonna lose now because Daryl shoots close to 90%. But you missed them both, and then Finley made the three to tie the game. Uh, what do you What do you remember from that night? Yes, I. The craziest thing is, um, I show Finn. First of all, I gotta hear from Dirk all the time. You know, <laughs> Dirk, Dirk, Dirk reminds me of that that night. Uh, he said they came out of the huddle when they was coming out of the huddle. First person they said, "Do not foul 
Daryl Armstrong. Don't let Daryl Armstrong get the ball. <laughs> I'm shooting like 90, 91, 92% at that time. Yeah. And and what's so crazy is I already missed three free throws in the game. Oh, wow. Okay, so I remember that. I ended up missing – yeah, I already yeah. missed three free throws in the game. I ended up missing five free throws in that game. So, they said the first thing they say, don't let Daryl Armstrong get the ball. So, I get the ball. I missed the first one, missed the second one, and I'm stung. I'm shocked. <laughs> and I hate – and the one thing about it is, that's that. That's a sign that something is about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> um. And we was we was we up three. I never forget. I don't know who was our coach. I want to say Doc Rivers was our coach. I'm not for sure, but was it? Yeah. it and it wasn't in the America Airlines Center. It was in the reunion. reunion. Yeah. Yeah. It was in reunion. And I never forget. We come out of timeout. We yell out, "Do not let guys shoot the three. Foul them. Don't they get the ball foul." Well, Bo Outlaw is on Finley. Bo got a chance to foul him. He don't foul him. The crazy <laughs> part is Michael Finley takes an off-balance three from the hash mark and then banks it off the backboard into the goal. Y'all, battles going overtime and win in yeah. overtime. <laughs> and about two years ago, three years ago, before we got a new practice facility, I find a picture – with Michael Finley, I don't know who, where this picture popped up. I found a picture with Michael Finley making that shot, taking that shot, and I kept it on my desk. And I say, Finn, and when Finn came in, I said, Finn, look, was, I don't know how, who, where it came from. I said, Finn, look at this shot. You remember this shot right here? He said, yeah, that's after you missed two free throws. I was like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so don't worry about it. Uh, don't worry about it. Because that night, that night after the game, we went down to San Antonio, and I couldn't sleep that night. I was I was I was terrified and just frustrated with myself. So I just went down there and made San Antonio pay the last six free throws of the game and I went in against San Antonio. Okay. And I had six free throws at the end of the game and hit all six. <laughs> there you go. You got you got your stroke back the next night. Um but yeah, the that's, next night. Yeah, that's a very vivid memory I have because I didn't get to watch that many games on TV back then. Like I said, we didn't have cable, but that one was on TV. And I actually – I used to have it on, on VHS, and I, I don't know what happened to it, but I did have a copy of that game for a little while. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't want to see it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before you came to Dallas – or, you know, you played in Orlando a few more years and finished there in 2003 – and then you were in New Orleans for a little while. And in December of 2004 is when you were traded to Dallas. How did you find out about that trade? I'm always curious, like, what the like what a person's trade story is. Like, were you surprised by it or were you expecting something? I was very thrown off by it. Um, I was, um, I'd never forget, I was on my way to practice. And I stayed about 40 minutes from the arena, the practice arena, because uh, I had to go through downtown um, New Orleans, and, um, through New Orleans and out, outside of New Orleans. So I was, um, remember my agent kept calling. I was on the phone. I was on a call and I remember mm-hmm. my agent kept, kept calling. And so finally, when I get to the arena, I get off the phone, um, the practice said, I get off the phone and I, and, um, call my agent back and, and I'm walking in and I'm, you know, I was like, what's going on? Uh, he's like, where you at? I said, I'm going inside the building. He said, well, stay outside, walk outside. So as soon as he said that, my, my my horns come up, my instincts come up. Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, well, it's, it's a 
chance that you might get traded today. I was like, really? So we won in 13. Mm-hmm. You know, we won in 13. We picked the, the win. We picked to be the fourth in the West, you know, from the prediction of the pre, 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 uh, stuff of, of basketball. And so he, uh, said, um, yeah, so just go through practice and after practice, give me a call. I was like, all right. So we go through practice. We have a two hour practice coming off a day, day off. And we have a tough two-hour practice, good practice. And so we also got an NBA meeting. So, you know, you can't miss your NBA meeting. You know, you miss your NBA meetings, you get fined like 10000 20000 Wow. And uh, so I remember coming off the floor and Alan Briscoe, a GM secretary, came up to me and was like, Daryl, uh, Alan want to meet with you after the NBA meeting. So I'm in that mug now. I'm quiet. I'm in here. I'm excited too because uh, at that time we wasn't playing good basketball in New Orleans. We, were, you know, we was troublesome with a couple of players not liking each other. And so I ended up, I ended up feeling like, oh man, I think I just got traded to myself. You know, I just got traded. And um, so I shower, and I'm excited. To be honest with you, because I know what Dallas is doing. I know the team Dallas got. And I'm excited. So I'm in the meeting. I don't even, I couldn't tell you what the meeting was about. You know, <laughs> I, I'm in the meeting. I'm uh, eating. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm like, let's hurry up. Nobody else. Nobody asks no questions. Let's go. Let's get out of here. So, you know, um, soon the meeting was over. I go to Alan Briscoe office. And Alan was always was good with me. At that time, you know, um, the year before when I signed one of my signed a two-year deal with him after I left Orlando, and I had a situation with the police. Um, so I had to go to court and then they just threw it out of the court. And mm-hmm. so, but Alan was, Alan was always on my, Alan was always good with me. Alan was like, you know, listen, there at some point this year, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, man, you know, this was BS or this was nothing. And so he always had my back when I came to the team. And uh, so when I walked in the office, he was always good with me. He, he said, he said, Daryl, sit down. He said, um, he said, we we just traded you to the New Orleans. I mean, we just traded you to the Dallas Mavericks. And I was like, oh, wow. And he's like, I, I really appreciate your professionalism. I appreciate everything you've done. You came in here. You play hard. You practice hard. You've done all the right things. We're just going to go in a direction. We're going to change, you know, go to a younger thing. And, and um, so I just want to put you in a good position. And he, and he really did. He, yeah. I appreciate Alan Briscoe for that. He really put me in a uh, great spot. Um, I was so excited. Uh, I think I had, I think I had like a, <laughs> I got a ticket. So I made sure before I left there. When I left there, I went to pay my ticket, call my uh, my wife at the time. I announced my ex-wife. Call my ex, my ex-wife. Told her, I say, hey, we got traded. <laughs> she in that crime. She crying. I'm not crying. I'm getting the hell up out of here. Let's go. <laughs> and, and I and I love I love you know I love the city of New Orleans. I, I love playing there. And yeah. uh, you know, it's unfortunately, unfortunately, our team at that time just we just went south. And so I end up I was so ready. I end up going to get my bags. I put all my stuff in my bags. And um, I mean, I put all my clothes, some of my clothes in my bag, and I took off. I told my ex-wife when. I'll be back. I'll call you. And I took off. I got to the airport. They they flew me in at night. And i never forget, um, 
Marquise Daniels came and picked me up, and um, we went out to dinner. Went out, hung out for a little bit, and we talked. And you know, he was excited, I was excited, and I was just happy. And the next morning, I came in to um, to work because they wasn't they had a game that next day against Utah that Saturday, mm-hmm. and um, I I never forget. Um, I walked in. Michael Finley was lifting weights that morning, and uh, went and met with Avery. Donnie Donnie Nelson was the head coach at the time, but he wasn't there. Um, went, went and met with Avery. Man, Avery talked. Avery told me when I left the meeting. He told me a couple of things. He said, "I'm gonna tell you right now. Don't be surprised tonight that Donnie throw you in the game, so you stay ready." So yeah. <laughs> I left out of there. I left out of Avery office and started walking out and and. Uh, Talked to Michael Finley before I left, and Mike Finley told me, he said, hey, man. He, and then I appreciate Mike Finley for it, too. He said, because people don't realize how tough that is um, for guys who get traded. It's easy for a superstar because, you know, all they got to do is go shoot the basketball, you know, mm-hmm. go score the basketball. But for a role player, um, you know, it, it's, it's tougher because now you got to fit in and you got to get your, your stuff going. But um, Michael Finley always told me, he told me, you know, Come in, do what you do. You play the way you play. Always play. That's what we need, and and um, that always stuck with me. I appreciate him doing that because you know that's 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 tough. And you know, right there at the beginning of the season, you get traded, and uh, here you go. Now you got to learn a whole new system. And um, so it it, it it worked out. I mean, I end up we end up getting beaten the second round against Phoenix. The next year we come back. Um, the next year we come back and we end up making the NBA finals and should have won it that year, but yeah. uh, we ended up getting beat. But um, you know, like I said, I, I was I was happy. I'm, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of the Mavs for 12 years, and in in this franchise, the only two times they ever been to the finals is um, my second year when we when I got here, and mm-hmm. and um, and the second time when I was coaching, and I've I've been fortunate to be part of um, both of them, and not only been part of them, but win one and lose one, but play against the same team. Team that was our the team was my rivalry in Orlando, Miami Heat. Yep. And so, you know, so it's been it's been great to be a part of history with this franchise, uh, be connected to you know greatness with this franchise because they have won one, and they we should have won two, but. Unfortunately, it didn't happen like that. But um, to be able to play with guys who um, who, who sets the tone day in and day out, day, day out with a Michael Finley, with a Jerry Stackhouse, with a Dirk Nowinski, with a Jet Terry, um, Devin Harris was a, was a rookie that first year when I got traded here. I mean, mm-hmm. Josh Howard, Marquise Daniels, Eric Dampier, Keith Van Horn. I mean, we, we were solid. We Very was solid. solid. Yeah. And uh and then we ended up getting Adrian Griffin in the second year who came in and, and was big for us for our first unit. So we were we was a solid team and 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 to this day, um to lose to lose that championship, um, I think is just a nasty taste in each and every one of those guys who was on that team. To lose that championship the way we lost it is is still a nasty taste. Even when I walk into the uh, Miami Arena, I just turn my back. I make sure I turn my back, and it's mm-hmm. 
it's constant. I just make sure I turn my back to that championship that they that they got. That <laughs> yeah, because that it just it, it just tears you up. Yeah, that was a a rough time, uh, but it, you know it, it happened, and you know things worked out five years later. But it, it was still an exciting time at the same time. You know, two thousand six was a great year in Mavericks history. It didn't end out end up the way everyone wanted, but it was still a, a fun ride and. Um, I mean, I, I think I still think about probably that Spurs series more than the finals. That Spurs series was so much fun to watch. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, it was. But at the end of the day, uh, yeah. as a player, it's yeah. just, you, you wanted to, you know, Stackhouse never got back to the finals. Right. Devin Harris never got back to the finals. Right. Uh, you know, Dirt did, Jet did, but guys, Josh Howard, Marquise Daniel. So, you know, that's, it's always it's always tough, I'm, and I'm not for sure if Marquise got back to the finals. I'm, he might have got back with Boston. Uh, I'm not for sure, but um, so it's always tough when you lose it as a player, mm-hmm. you know. And and I was so happy still for the franchise, and also jealous. I'm not I'm not gonna say it like I'm. Always, I was also jealous because I wanted to be the first team and the first players to win that championship for the franchise. Yeah, you know, but. You know, still at the same time, I get a chance to experience it. And, you know, I have to do it as a coach. You know, J.J. was the guy who I always worked out. And seeing him blossom, it was always good because, you know, he's he's always going to be part of me. i never forget my first person they gave to the, to me as a coach and to work out. And I still work him out and still do things, um, work him out before games with J.J. Barrera. And, you know, the the, the – Finals he had that year in 2011 was unbelievable, and so you know that's a big part of me, and and I always take that, and you know I keep it with me because I never forget when I they, they assigned me to him, and I, and I walking down the stairs, and JJ was downstairs, and I I come downstairs, and I say JJ, they got me working you out, and I need and never forget this. He always said whatever you say, and he said whatever you say, let's we're gonna do it. Whatever you say, let's do it, and yeah. that's that's. That's that's a sign of a, a great player, a good player who's willing to do whatever to to get better and um, play well. And he's always been my favorite. Yeah, I you know I was so sad when when he left. Uh, you know, at following the championship, but then you know he got to come back a few years later. And uh, I mean, I thought yeah. this just this past season he was still fantastic. He played so well, so it, it's it's still so much fun watching him play. And it's it's cool that you've. Uh, played such a big hand in his development. I think that's really neat. Yeah, yeah, and it's been a lot of fun because he's, he's really grown up as a player. And, you know, I, I tell him, I, you know, it's crazy because I tell him, I say, you, how much you might not know, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're a leader, man. He's, he's a big leader of um, the Mavs team, and he's done it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I just have two more questions for you. Um, and thank you so much. Daryl, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate this. I always enjoy talking to former Mavs. Um, the first is just, uh, what, what was the process that, that led you to becoming an assistant coach here? Um, was it because of your year under Rick in Indiana? Well, um, I was really trying to be honest with you. I was trying to play my, I was trying to play my 15th year. I, I, I okay. kind of, be honest with you, okay. I, I retired. I retired in a workout in Phoenix. Phoenix had a sign. They had to sign a guy. Um, some rule that they had, and uh, it was right like two or three days before Christmas, and they had to sign a guy by this certain date. 
and we had six guys, myself, uh, my ex-teammate Troy Hudson, uh, Damon Stoudemire, um, D. Brown, who ended up getting a job with D. Brown, and two D. League guys. And so I, I just I, I, I couldn't move. I, I, I really felt my body was tired. Uh, I was a, at age 40 already. And um, I just remember retiring in, in, in um, Phoenix. And it was, it was the craziest thing was uh, Shaq was there, and Shaq was trying to, you know, Shaq, Shaq always been one of my favorites. And he was, come on, D.A., come on. And uh, he came in and watched a little bit. And then um, Steve Kerr was, was with the Phoenix Suns at that time, mm-hmm. uh, organization. And so, uh, but they ended up getting D. Brown, and then I, I ended up, you know, calling my agent. I just told him, thank you from everything. I just, I couldn't do it. Yeah. My body was tired. And so I was, I ended up just chilling. And um, next thing you know, I got a call from my agent saying, um, you know, he reached out to some people and, and somehow I ended up getting to the Dallas Mavericks. Rick from Rick called out, you know, for being with Rick and some of the guys that I already played with. Uh, so I ended up coming back and, and, and signed with him in the middle of the year, and and I've been with him for ten years. Just finished my tenth year. That's I can't believe it's been that long. I feel like it was just yesterday you were still playing here, but <laughs> that's uh, yeah. that's that's it's, really it's crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, and then, you know, thank thank God to you know the Mavs organization because I don't you know when when you leave basketball, it's it's like a withdrawal. Because mm-hmm. you you're, you're you're so used to to going and going, practicing, and being here, being there, and and so I think and I thank God for the maps. I thank God for Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, and Keith Grant, and all those, all those all them all the guys, and especially Mark Cuban, because you know they gave me an opportunity to come in here and, and coach, and not only coach but you know coach against guys that I played against, and you know sometimes that's coming that's that's can be some of the hardest things to do because. You know, you always competed against them, and now you go ahead trying to give them advice when you used to go against them. So, like I said, it's been it's been it's been great, and uh, it it just worked out. Definitely, and yeah, I mean, I think everyone is is happy to see you be such a big part of the organization still on the coaching staff. And the last question I have is about the 2006 Mavs. So right now, in front of me, I have the the regular season roster for the 2006 Mavs. There are 16 names on it, including you. I wanted to see how many of them you could name. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, all right, here we go. Let's, okay. let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start with Raw Marshall and Pavel. Yep. Uh, I don't know if Pavel. Yeah, he's there. Um, Raw Marshall, Pavel, uh, Keith Van Horn, um, Josh Tile. I'm trying to get all. I'm trying to get all the yeah. guys. Through. <laughs> all right, and I got four. So let me go. Dirk Dewinsky, myself, Josh Howard, Marquise Daniels, Jet Terry, Adrian Griffin. That's ten. That's ten. Yep. Okay. Um, Jerry Stackhouse. I said Josh Howard, right? Yes. Not Marquise. Um, I said Keith Van Horn. Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, uh, um, um, DJ Binga. There you go. Eric Damp. Eric Dampier. Yep. Did I say Adrian Griffin? Uh, yes, you did. You got three more. Okay. Dirk. I said Dirk Nowinski. Yeah, you said Dirk. Yeah. 
Devin Harris. There you go. Now just two more. Ooh, Lord. Here it goes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> two more. Ooh, who is it? I know Mike Finley was gone. Yeah, he was gone. Oh, man. Two more. Two more. <laughs> and they they pretty good names. Let's see. Dang, I don't think I can – hold on. I don't okay. think I can get it. Okay, I can tell you if you want me to. Oh, man, I know. Alan Henderson. No, he was the previous year. He was 2005. Okay, he was 2005. Yeah, who, you got who, was the, who was the last two? Who was the last two? Sagana Jop. Sagana! Gosh, I forgot. I forgot. He's going to beat me up. He's going to beat me up when he sees me. <laughs> and then the last guy was barely there, only there at the beginning, Doug Christie. Doug Christie, yeah, I knew Doug was with us too. I didn't, I didn't count him because uh, he was um, based on a couple of games. Okay, yeah, yeah, Sagana. So, how could I forget Sagana? Because Sagana was in the trade to come down to New Jersey for Jason Kidd. Yeah, when yeah. When I was in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for for meeting with me today, man. Uh, this was so much fun for me, and I really enjoy hearing these stories. And uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Appreciate talking to you. All right. Well, uh, I hope you uh, have a good rest of your Friday and enjoy the weekend. All right. You too. All right. Thanks, DA. Have a good one. Mm -hmm. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.